Comey was spying on Trump. Well, the reason he was writing the memos was to create a record so that he could destroy No Trump. American knowingly colluded with the Russians to interfere in our election campaigns. Oh wait, unless you mean Hillary Clinton. Pardons, prosecutions, and transparency. You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us this week. A very busy week here at Judicial Watch. Major new um, litigation developments over Joe Biden's secret records. Plus, we broke open a major new scandal uh, concerning Robert Mueller and his team. Actually, two new scandals. So I'll talk about that as well. Uh, But uh, so much going on. And I know you're all frustrated that nothing ever seems to be going on here in Washington, D.C., from the official organs of the state, such as the Justice Department and Congress and Durham or, the, uh, or, 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 or frankly, even the media, which obviously isn't an organ of the state, even though it operates sometimes as one, uh, certainly if you're of the left-wing persuasion. Uh, but uh, Judicial Watch, once again, doing the heavy lifting that Congress, the media, and, and uh, the Justice Department fails to do. We've broken, up a, broken open a new scandal concerning the wiping of phones, cell phones, by Mueller's team. You may recall about two years ago, it was uncovered that the Office of Special Counsel under Mueller had wiped the phones of Lisa Page and Peter Strzok deleting who knows how many text messages, we're still not sure. Allegedly, this inspector general was able to recover at least a portion of them. But now we know, thanks to Judicial Watch's intrepid investigators and litigators, that the scandal is more than just about Lisa Page and Peter Strzok. It involves virtually the entire top echelon of the corrupt Mueller special counsel operation. In fact, the new documents we've uncovered as a result of a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit that has now taken nearly, uh, between the lawsuit and the investigation, nearly two years of heavy lifting to resolve, there are at least 25 cell phones that uh, whose data was either wiped or deleted, accidentally, of course, um, in the, uh, in terms of evidence being re- uh, removed, text messages, you name it, emails being removed by Mueller's special counsel team, including his top deputy, Andrew Weissman, who managed to, I think, uh, wipe uh, two of the three phones he was issued. I'm gonna try this uh, function here on, um, on Zoom and call up the document here and share it with you. Here it is, share. So this is what it looks like if you are able to see it. And you can see this chart, this helpful chart that details uh, the status of the phones and what happened to them by name. You can see much of it is heavily redacted, but uh, you can see some of these names. There we are, Andrew, Andrew Weissman there, you see there. There's the phone that was issued. There's the date, 9-27-2018. And look, he accidentally wiped cell phone, data lost. Here's another person, Kyle Freeney, phone was accidentally wiped prior to records review. Let's see who else is on here. Andrew Weissman again, 
on his uh, so you can see from this list that there are lots of issues that popped up. James Quarles, who was one of the top deputies here, you'll see here, his phone wiped itself without intervention. Don't worry, he confirmed he did not use text and had no work-related photos on the device prior to it being wiped. So we should take their word for it. Now, this is a scandal that is reverberating right now as a result of Judicial Watch's work. Uh, our document has been highlighted uh, on the media. Senator Charles Grassley wants more answers as a result of this disclosure. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham was asked questions about it on TV and, and he's, he shares our concerns. And of course, we've got still the missing text as the documents show of Lisa Page and Peter Strzok. Uh, Page's phone went missing, then went unmissing, and the documents suggest they're missing again. So what's going on here? What's going on here is that the Justice Department, specifically the corrupt Mueller operation, behaves as if they're above the law. Because if there was evidence on phones potentially, and the phones were wiped, and you were the target of an FBI investigation, or the Mueller witch hunters, what do you think would happen to you? Well, we already know what would happen to you. You would be prosecuted. You'd have your home raided early in the morning as they looked for evidence. Remember, that was the justification for the early morning raid on Paul Manafort's home. They were worried about evidence destruction. Here, we have a pandemic of wiped phones, all accidental, by the leadership of the Mueller team, and we're supposed to just presume nothing happened? Do you buy that? How many times have you wiped the data from your phone because you forgot a password? Think about it. How many phones have you owned? If you're watching, you probably have owned two, three, maybe four, five, even more phones. Have you wiped the data accidentally? How many times has the data just wiped itself completely without your intervention? It just happened. Never happened to me. So we're expected to believe Andrew Weissman and the Mueller team and give them the benefit of the doubt, the benefit of the doubt they never gave anyone else. So my question is, A, why did the Justice Department hide these documents? Why did the IG not report this out? Why is it taken nearly two years for this material to be released? Why isn't there a criminal investigation? There is, I don't believe we're, you know, I, I guess in theory there could be a secret one, but come on, who are we fooling? You know, this goes to show that you need independent groups like Judicial Watch doing this work separate and apart from the government, because this is about holding the government to account. I mean, we're expecting the Justice Department to turn this material over to us voluntarily. No, we began asking for it in, I think the fall of 2018. We sued last year and it's almost a year to the day did we get the documents. And there were only 87 pages of these documents. So it's not like there's a ton of material. And um, Mueller, 
is also implicated in a separate scandal. Uh, Judicial Watch found that uh, just again, that uh, he was in the running for the FBI job, despite his testimony to the contrary. You may recall that uh, President Trump said, you know, what's with these conflicts of interest? He actually tweeted something out. I'm going to quote the tweet. President Trump said that Mueller did indeed apply an interview for the FBI director job. It has been reported that Mueller is saying that he did not apply an interview for the job of FBI director and got to, and get turned down the day before he was wrongfully appointed special counsel. Hope he doesn't say that under oath and that we have numerous witnesses to the interview, including the vice president of the United States. Sure enough, there are emails from Rod Rosenstein showing that Mueller pulled himself out of the running for FBI director on the very day he was appointed special counsel. In the May 2000, in the May 17, 2017 email, Rosenstein writes to then Assistant Attorney General Jody Hunt that the subject line Mueller and states, withdrew consideration for FBI director. Hunt responds, called this morning and also withdrew his name from consideration. So there were two people who were up for FBI director, both of whom withdrew their name from consideration, one of which was Robert Mueller. How is it he was not in the running or was not applying or was not up for the job? How does that consist, how's that consistent with his testimony? And this is his testimony to Capitol Hill earlier, I guess last year now. He testified about whether he was interviewed for the FBI director position in an exchange with Greg Stube. I think that's his name, S-T-E-U-B-E, Stube? The Congressman, thank you, Mr. Chair. Mr. Mueller over here. Mr. Mueller, did you uh, indeed interview for the FBI director job one day before you were appointed special counsel? Mueller. My understanding was I was not applying for that job. I was asked to give my input on what it would take to do the job, which triggered the interview you're talking about. So you don't recall on May 16, 2017, that you interviewed with the president regarding the FBI director job. I interviewed with the president and it was about regarding the FBI director job. It was about the job and not about me applying for the job. So your statement here today is that you did an interview to apply for the FBI director job. That's correct. So did you tell the vice president that the FBI director position would be the one job that you would come back for or two? I don't recall that one. You don't recall that, no. So compare and contrast that testimony with this contemporaneous record by the man who would have hired him for FBI director, obviously with the acquiescence or permission of President Trump, Rod Rosenstein. The email suggests that Mueller communicated directly with Rosenstein and withdrew his name from the job. Now these emails come as a result of a Judicial Watch email request and lawsuit about what I call the seven days in May. Remember the old movie and book from the 60s, the liberal fantasy book where the right-wing military takes over the government? Well, we asked about those seven days in May in 2017 when Comey was fired and the period in which Comey, uh, excuse me, uh, his buddy McCabe, who was acting FBI director at the time, took over, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein were thinking of ways to overthrow President Trump, talking about wearing a wire in the Oval Office, talking about invoking the 25th Amendment, 
So we have the documents proving that all took place. We also found documents that he told Mueller, oh, the boss doesn't know I'm talking to you. Now, Rosenstein subsequently said it was uh, the boss being Sessions, but that frankly doesn't make sense. What makes more sense, it was Trump. But the point was he was secretly talking to Mueller while he was also considering him for the FBI job. And the fact that Mueller was in the running for the FBI job, and it's pretty clear the documents show he was, and the, and, you know, the president says he was, he did the interview. I mean, why would he go over and talk to the president about what type of person should be in the FBI job, and then the next day say, I'm taking myself out of the running? But it shows that the Mueller investigation was conceived in sin, in the sense that there was an inherent conflict of interest Mueller had. Um, I mean, generally speaking, I think there was because he probably hated Trump. But specifically, he was investigating how allegedly if Comey's firing or the communications with Comey and the firing was an obstruction of justice, how could he investigate that issue if he interviewed for the very job? He would be a witness. What did you talk to the president about in terms of that FBI position being open? What did he? Did he interview himself? I mean, he was, he was looking to get the job, it's clear. And he did have a conflict of interest. He should never have been hired. He should never have been hired. And, and now we know that uh, Rosenstein evidently knew he was in the running for the FBI job and he allowed the big lie to be out there that Mueller kept on pushing as people started, kept on pushing that he wasn't in the running. Uh, this is an extraordinary document in the sense that it ought to generate a criminal investigation into Mueller's testimony. Did he commit perjury? Now, I'm sure all the lawyers listening and watching are going to look at that testimony and say, well, I don't think he lied. You know, he walked, talked around the issue. Well, you know, that's, that's for the jury to decide, isn't it, in some ways? Again, if it were anyone else, would there be a question it was perjury? If it were a Trump team member, would it be a question it was perjury? So you've got the Mueller operation erasing evidence accidentally, as I like to say, accidentally on purpose. But of course, we won't know that unless there's a criminal investigation and these people are hauled before a grand jury or something substantial. We've got the missing 302 related to General Flynn. What about these emails that were deleted? Does that mean the emails that were deleted or texts that were deleted, assuming there were texts on it, was any of that about General Flynn? Is Judge Sullivan going to start asking questions about this? I doubt it. He's out to get General Flynn. Now, Congress is demanding answers. You know, now it's two months before an election. How do you think that's going to go? How do you think that's going to go? So now we have confirmation that the Mueller team is implicated in a destruction of evidence scandal. Because whether they committed a crime or not, it's pretty clear this potentially is evidence that was destroyed. There was an IG investigation ongoing. They knew there were issues already with Page and Strzok. And the whole team is just willy-nilly wiping stuff accidentally off their internet. And as we know from the Clinton email investigation, wiping doesn't necessarily mean things are deleted. Things can be recovered. Have they taken steps to recover? 
the documents that could have been on these phones? I don't know. I doubt it. And if you want to know why Clinton wasn't prosecuted, because they were doing the same thing Clinton was doing. That's what it looks like to me. You know, today is 9-11. It's the anniversary of the terrorist attacks. Obviously, 2001, but also the anniversary of the terrorist attack in Benghazi. And this Justice Department last week with the State Department went to court and is trying to convince the court to shut down all discovery related to Clinton's emails in Benghazi. This Trump Justice Department, this Trump State Department. And I can guarantee you Trump doesn't agree with any of that. And if it was directed to him, he'd probably say this is wrong. What the Justice Department does what it wants to do. The State Department does what it wants to do. And if, to me, they're portraying every American who expected justice on these issues. This is what Judicial Watch is fighting. The documents we have uncovering Mueller corruption, two sets of documents, all of which could have been released to us last year or earlier. What's going on there with the Justice Department? Who's responsible for that? Does Director Ray and Attorney General Barr, do they not care at all about these Freedom of Information Act requests, about these core corruption issues? Certainly Durham has never asked us for any of the information we had about Pfizer-gate, Obama-gate, you name it. I don't know what Durham's doing. So the good news here is that just, you know, there is a measure of accountability if, <laughs> thanks to Judicial Watch. And I don't know what the Justice Department is going to do, but uh, they won't do anything for sure if there's no pressure to do it. And what do I mean by that? Meaning we got evidence that they otherwise wouldn't want us to see that, in, that increases public pressure to hold the guilty accountable. And uh, without Judicial Watch doing that, we would not be, uh, uh, frankly, I don't think there'd be a Durham investigation. We probably still have the Mueller operation going on, harassing the president, victimizing him. So the 87 pages of documents documenting the uh, destruction of evidence by the Mueller special counsel team, all accidental, of course, is available at our website. And the detail, again, is something that uh, is just incredible to behold, because as I said, it shows there is a pandemic of evidence destruction, all accidental, at the special counsel's office. And uh, here's the... Um, now, of course, I missed. Now, now, of course, I lost it here. The um, the joys of doing this from home. It's harder to do here. So, specifically with related to specifically related to the to the destruction of the records. 27 phones were reported wiped clean of all data wiped prior to the review of data having taken place. 20 phones were reported wiped of data due to accidental wipe, as I say, usually from entering the password too many times. Two phones, two phones were reported wiped after being placed in airplane mode from which they could not be unlocked because the passwords were supposedly forgotten. 
And that included the phones of Andrew Weissman and two deputies, as I said, uh, Mo, um, uh, two deputies of Mueller, Freeney and Rush Atkinson. One phone was wiped clean without explanation. That's the magic wipe that took place. And uh, what's interesting is um, it doesn't look like Mueller's phone was reviewed at all. Although the records aren't clear on that, so you never know. Uh, these are documents the Justice Department has had for at least uh, well over a year, and they're only being released to Judicial Watch through a lawsuit and through, frankly, the court process. This shows you the crisis of law in terms of the rule of law that Washington, D.C. is facing, where the Justice Department has to be sued to follow the law, where the FBI has to be sued to follow the law. And here, the reason they weren't following the law is pretty clear is because if they it, they didn't want to admit, that's the conclusion I draw, uh, that they were potentially obstructing, just, obstructing justice through the Mueller investigation. So right now there are three key reasons, to, well, I should say more than three, but it, there are three reasons to investigate Mueller because there are obviously more than three. He may have lied to Congress about his conflict of interest as a result of being in consideration for the FBI job, whose opening which he was investigating. Uh, his team deleted all sorts of material from phones, 25 plus phones, accidentally. Destruction of evidence, potential obstruction of justice. Imagine you went into a corporation if you're an FBI uh, agent and the leadership of the corporation, 25 phones amongst all of them were wiped clean of evidence. What would happen? There'd be a raid. And thirdly, they need to be investigated for the corruption related to General Flynn's prosecution, where they knowingly prosecuted someone uh, despite evidence that he was, uh, he was completely innocent. So uh, that's obstruction of justice and fraud and conspiracy as well. So I don't know what's happening with Durham in that regard. Is he doing any of that? As best I can tell, the position of the Justice Department is that, quote, no crimes took place in Flynn's prosecution. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, you can bet that our friend uh, Sidney Powell was upset about this. I was seeing that she was highlighting the, 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 the reason early on why the IG and Justice Department should have been seizing all the phones over at the IG's, uh, at the special counsel's office once it became known that Struck and Page's material had been deleted. And she was right. That's why we sued for the information. We knew something was up. This is what our request was. We knew something was up. All records related to the hardware, software, and contents of mobile phones issued to FBI officials struck and page for their use while they served on the investigative team of Special Counsel Robert Mueller. All records of communication, whether government, on government or non-government email accounts, and whether using real names or aliases, we have to put that in there now. Thank you, Hillary with FBI officials relating to the hardware, software, and contents of mobile phones issued to FBI officials Peter Strzok and Lisa Page for their use while they served on the investigative team of Special Counsel Robert Mueller. So as a result of this specific request, we've uncovered this mother load of corruption at the Special Counsel's office. And so um, uh, I think this is the last production of records. So unless we keep on fighting over records they withheld from us, and I'm not sure 
the uh, legal legitimacy of that. So we'll figure that out in concert with our legal team. Uh, there's more to be done in terms of getting people to testify under oath. Don't you agree? And uh, again, Judicial Watch doing more than Durham has to date in terms of public disclosure about what went on with Russiagate and Obamagate and the Mueller abuses, as much if not more than what Congress has done to date. And certainly the left-wing media is uh, completely AWOL on this because they were co-conspirators in the effort to get Trump. They have zero interest in doing this type of work. So I'll let you know as things progress there, but um, who knows where this may lead? Who knows where this may lead? Similarly, the media has unbelievably given up asking any questions about Joe Biden's background. And I don't say that because of any political like or dislike for Joe Biden or anyone else, but he's running for president. And if the media generally knows there are a bunch of documents that need to be reviewed about his record, they're just going to go do it. That's what they ordinarily do, unless it's Joe Biden, unless it means uh, uh, not getting in the way of Biden's quest to remove the president they hate, President Trump, from office. The media uh, is completely partisan in this regard. And that is why it is only Judicial Watch with our friends at the Daily Caller News Foundation, which is actually a respectable journal, journalist institution that is suing in the University of Delaware for access to Senator Biden's or then Senator Biden's records. He gave all of his Senate records to the University of Delaware to review and catalog and ultimately produce, of course, after he left public office. So Judicial Watch has filed a request for documents about, uh, let me be more specific here. Forgive me for looking at the phone. It used to be I could, I'm becoming like some people think Joe Biden is. I'm becoming less able to remember things about what we do. Daily Caller News Foundation and Judicial Watch. So we had sued or asked for records about the release of records, the process. Who was, uh, is there a cover-up in place? Was the University of Delaware working with Joe Biden about this? For instance, we want all records of communication between any representative of the University of Delaware and former Vice President Biden or, or anyone or any other individual acting on their behalf or his behalf. And we want records pertaining to um, communications about the, uh, the proposed release of the records and were there internal discussions about it as well. So this is basic investigation. And Daily Caller wants records, access to all the records. So together we're in court trying to get access to not only Senator Biden's records, but records about the decision to withhold his records. And the University of Delaware is supported with taxpayer funds, uh, generally subject to the Freedom of Information Act, the state version of it. The attorney general or state attorney general for Delaware found that uh, no public money goes to help provide or, or uh, maintain these records. So therefore they're not public records. Now, of course he just says that, and we can't just take that at face value. So we filed a court request 
demanding that they give us access to the records, that this attorney general opinion uh, isn't worth the paper it's written on. Of course, the lawyers don't say that. That's my characterization of it. For instance, we say, university personnel who maintain the senatorial papers whose salaries it can be inferred are paid with state funds. I mean, is that a debate? So what they're trying to say is that there's no public money used to support Vice President Biden's record, so therefore they're not subject to FOIA. And of course, they're saying that without any justification or any evidence specific. So the case should continue, and we want to keep on pushing for it. And of course, as I said, we're doing it all alone. Where's the media on this? Tara Reid, who accused Joe Biden of sexual assault, she thinks there are records about that potential potentially in, in um, the, his senatorial papers. Biden himself talked about communicating with Vladimir Putin and other foreign leaders when he was a United States senator. So that would be interesting to find out. And I don't know what other is in there. He's running for president of the United States, so there could be all sorts of records in there that might be of interest, both, and to be fair to Biden, records that might be helpful to him. They may show him to be a good senator. I don't know. But in my experience, when a politician doesn't want you to see records that otherwise should be lawfully available to you, it's because they are afraid what is in the records are going to harm them, either legally or politically. Now, there's nothing preventing Joe Biden, because this isn't a fight with Joe Biden, Although I have a feeling he has a lot of cutouts there at the University of Delaware, which is why they don't want this lawsuit to go forward. But there's nothing preventing Joe Biden from saying to the University of Delaware, you know what? Let Judicial Watch and Daily Caller News Foundation into the archives. Let them look at the records. Let any other media organization that wants to look at these records look at the records. Uh, I, I'm waving my requirement that you wait till I'm retired from public life before anyone can look at these records. So what is Joe Biden hiding? That's what we want to know. And that's what we're in court fighting for. So this is a short but powerful weekly update. Don't you agree? Uh, we're in court doing the heavy lifting on the worst government corruption scandal of all time. Heavy lifting the Justice Department opposes us on, the just media doesn't want to do and Congress is, um, to a degree, does anything. It does it in a half-baked way. And on just basic investigation and accountability on a man running for the president, again, it's Judicial Watch, who's in court, in state court right now, uh, trying to uncover what it can about what Joe Biden was doing when he was in the Senate for, what, 30 years. So uh, there's a lot more coming up. Uh, we've got election integrity fights to go forward with. Uh, that are continuing in North Carolina and Pennsylvania. We probably have more lawsuits coming in that area as well. So we got to be on watch and vigilant every day. So with that, I'll uh, let you go back to your weekend, and I hope you have a great week, and I'll see you next time here on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.